This is unstructured. Hey, today we're with Deb Johnston of Transformational Pathways in Australia. Now, Deb was introduced to me from a former guest, a former multiple guest, Tyson Franklin. He's not only been a guest twice, he's been talked about quite a lot. And anybody who Tyson admires is automatically going to be very interesting to me. How how are you doing today, Deb? I'm really great. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to have you. Now, you have the nebulous title of success coach. Mm. What is that? (laughs) Success coach, mindset coach. Um, I help people work with the way they think. I help them work with the way they think, the way they communicate with themselves, the meanings they create around things, um, to start to see and view their world in a different way so they can create different opportunities, different results, um, achieve different things. So Um, how is that different than, say, a life coach and a business coach? Probably similar. Um, it, it, it is quite similar. Um, I work a lot with NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming, um, which is, it is, it's a way of living, um, neuro-linguistic programming, it's a way of living. Um, it is really understanding how a person's mind works. So it's, it's listening for things that aren't said, listening for things that are said, understanding how the person communicates, um, how they how they receive communication as well. Quite often, um, if we communicate with someone in a certain way, they don't really aren't really able to access the answers. But understanding how that person processes their information, we're able to communicate with them in a different way. Um, yeah, that's one of the ways we work with a neuro linguistic programming. Anyway. Mm. Okay. Uh, I've often, I stole this from somebody. I don't remember who it might've been Jordan Harbinger, Mm. but I love the description so much. I just grabbed it. And it is, I feel myself that I'm inside of a jar trying to read my own label. (sighs) Is that something you help with? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's uh, likened to that. There's another analogy as well, which is um, can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah, when you're actually in it, you can't see it yourself. Um, when there's someone outside of the situation that doesn't tell you what it is, I mean, I, um, that's that's not that's not what mindset coaching, life coaching, success coaching is all about. It's not about telling a person what you see. It's it's about helping them find their own answers, which is which is creating change in a much more sustainable way because that means they learn how to think differently. So, okay, they've, so they're not dependent on you. Yeah. Is it a Socratic type method or, or are you just asking them questions? Questions. Um, to provide feedback? What yeah. would be a good example? Hmm. So I'm ask, asking questions. So it's, it's really of, um, say, for example, okay, let's say, for example, uh, someone comes to me and they say, I really want to go to this networking group. I know it will be really great for my business. Um, but there's there's just something about that group. I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable there. Yeah. 
So, so what is it about this group? So my question would be, what is it specifically about this group that leads you to choose to feel uncomfortable? Notice there, I'm helping them feel responsible for their own feelings. Mm. Yeah. So it gives them a feeling of power back. So they might say to me, well, I don't know, it's the women that go there. Okay, so what is it specifically about the women that go there that leads you to choose to feel uncomfortable? Oh, well, you know, um, I've been there a couple of times before and they seem to talk about this and that and and, um, I don't feel included. Okay, interesting, interesting. So where is it that you're excluding yourself? Yeah? Making sense? Yeah. So you notice there I was looking for something that actually, I heard something that actually wasn't said. That person was actually excluding themselves in some way. Then we go down a little deeper and, and start to understand what is behind that feeling of or or the action of them standing back from the crowd and excluding themselves okay interesting that Mm. reminds me of um another guest i've had he has a what he calls it the six word question i'm not sure if it's six words i'm probably messing it up but it's essentially what would it look like if you did yes and rather than or i know this feels like and you what you did just made that bang in my head because you're not saying you're wrong yeah no no. person because then that'll shut them down potentially and they're no longer cooperating with you Mm. is that correct Absolutely. Yeah, they go into defense mode, the ego comes up, protection strategies start happening, and the rapport's broken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're addressing it, acknowledging it, but from the side. Yeah, from the side. And 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 really inquiring, okay, from a place of curiosity. So when we use questions, it's really around curiosity. You notice there's no blame in, in that conversation. There was no, um, there, there was just absolute curiosity. So that's interesting. So what leads you to choose to feel that way? Yeah, what is it specifically, you know? It's, it's really from a place of curiosity and really understand, aiming to understand how that person is thinking and how they've come to that conclusion. Now, is this something that, you've just trained into or is it something you innately do hmm. well before I trained I, I I am fully accredited so I, I studied for two years um, and I continue to study now um, before I was trained I think I, I actually feel that I did have this gift anyway because um, a lot of people would come to me to talk to me about things but I never actually gave them advice. And, and I remember a number of times people saying to me, oh, that really helped, Evan. I go, I didn't actually do anything. <laughs> I didn't actually do anything. It, it, I just listened. And But it's listening from a different place. It's not listening and going, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're writing that thinking, don't go to that networking group again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really listening from a different place and listening with an intention to actually help that person 
change things. So what took you down the path? I mean, where were you before and how did you get to this place? Well, I, um, I have, I've, I spent many years as a single mother, so I've had a really varied employment background. Um, I spent many years as a single mum, so during that time I uh, worked in a lot of uh, different places. I worked mainly in retail because it gave me the hours I wanted, the money I wanted so I could be with my kids. Um, as they started to get a bit older and I could take on a bit more responsibility, I, I naturally moved into management. It just seemed to happen organically that wherever I worked, mm-hmm. I ended up managing. And um, I worked in a number of different industries in management. And I, that's really when I started to notice that I did have a gift with people. And it didn't matter whether I was um, managing the financial part of the business or the admin part of the business, my gift seemed to be around people. Um, so I, it was really after my kids grew up, they left home. And I know that a lot of women go through this, this particular part of life, heading towards the 50s, kids have left home. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow. Who am I? What is my purpose now? And I really felt like I wanted to do something with a lot more meaning. Um, I used to watch a a particular place I worked in at the time. I used to watch someone um, who who was a great friend um, come out of of the room with a client. Um, She was a weight loss uh, consultant and she'd come out of the room and the people who'd gone in there looked like they had the world on their shoulders and they'd come out and they'd be happy and chatty. I'm like, how the hell does she do that? And I wanted to know how, I want to learn how to do that. And even when I first enrolled now, was this while you were still working the odd uh, jobs? Yeah, this was while I was in management. I was practice manager at the time. And even... What, what is that? I'm sorry. I was in a medical is, clinic. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was in a medical clinic as practice manager. So um, even when I enrolled, at the, the time I enrolled to to learn how to do this, I didn't have it in my head that I would become a coach and I would run my own business. That wasn't in my um, awareness at all at that time. All I now, how did you know to, to go into this? Did she tell you that, your friend? No. That, oh, hey, what I do is NLP. I mean, how did you make the discovery that, oh, to have this effect on people or to learn how people tick, I need to go NLP course? I, I enrolled in a life coaching course to begin with. Um, okay. it, yeah, that happened one new year. I was decluttering my email box. And at some point during that year, I must have clicked on a life coaching link somewhere and, and signed up for some newsletter. And I found it right at the bottom of my email box. And I thought, hmm, what's this? Had a look at it. I spent pretty much the whole day researching what life coaches did, you know, what it was all about, and within a couple of months I enrolled. It was it was really was an intuitive thing. It sparked your imagination. Yeah, like. it did. Like yeah. You, you saw it and you were like, what, yeah. what in the hell is this? Yeah. And then you, just the more you discovered, the more you got fascinated. I did. Would I that be fair? Yeah, I was fascinated. It was really okay. – um, I signed up for – 
a pretty short course to begin with. I think it was only a, a Cert Four, which is a, which is the um, one of the smaller accreditations, which only took a few months. And I went for my first training, and at the end of that first training, I signed up for the whole two years. So I was that mm. that. Um, amazed, just absolutely amazed by the treasure box of everything that I could learn. Mm. From what you're describing, though, it does sound like you went through a bit of uh, basic training in dealing with people mm. in the path there, because mm. you mentioned retail. Mm. That gives you challenges and personalities, both with customers and with employees mm. and with egos and with competitors. Um, you said you were in a, a medical practice. I'm mm. sure that you had to deal with different types there. Um, sometimes mm. you were dealing with more difficult things mm. than maybe they were ready to handle. Mm. So I'm, I'm curious if, you know, all of this kind of front loaded. Oh yeah. And then you had kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's not much more training than that, is there? <laughs> That's my theory. Now on the on the uh, short course, you said a smaller certification. I'm guessing this is all NLP stuff at this point, or is it the, the DISC, whatever uh, that is? The short course was life coaching. That was the, the oh, just life coaching. That okay. Was, okay. Yeah, it was life coaching. Then I did NLP, and then I did extended disc. Mm. Now, what is extended disc? Um, extended disc is uh, a behavioral profiling tool. So it ex, ex, it helps people understand their own behavior, why they do what they do, why they don't do what they need to do and how to be more flexible flexible and dynamic in their own behavior to improve their performance. That's basically a, um, a basic explanation of it. Um, so it's based on um, a quadrant, uh, which is dominant, inspirational, st- stability and compliant. So there's four uh, different behavior types, yeah. Sounds like a political compass. Yeah, it's a little bit like a compass. And Maybe those, you put your dot somewhere in that chart where you kind of fall. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that four, those four behavior types in extended disc um, uh, represents about 160 behavior types in total. Hmm, okay. In those four, mm. Now, is that a continuation of NLP or is that a completely different thing? Totally different. Ah, okay. While we're on that and we're on the initials, Mm. what is the difference between NLP and, say, CBT? Tell me, remind me what CBT is. Cognitive-based training. Therapy. Um, Yeah. Um, What is the difference between it? I've, I've actually, in my past, I have, I have actually been to a practitioner for CBT in many years ago, and from what I remember, it was done on a very, very conscious level. Um, with NLP, we work very much with the unconscious mind. How do you mean? So we, we every behaviour pattern that we have, we do unconsciously. Um, you know, just like when you first learn to drive, say, you know, you're, um, you're very conscious of everything that you're doing when you first learn to drive, Mm -hmm. but when you've been driving for a number of years, you can drive from A to B without really remembering where you've been or what you've done in, in that, 
well, no, I can. Um, so we do it unconsciously. We're actually driving unconsciously because it, it it's become so innate, yeah? So the CBT could lead to the NLP awesome. in that theory. Because you're, the CBT would be you're learning to drive and you're worried about every motion. Did I change the gear? What's out here? What's a window? Oh, my God. I've got the left. Um, can Is it a clutch? Do I hit the brake? Oh, I just stalled the car. All of that. And then it becomes secondhand as it becomes programmed. Is that kind of the... Yeah. Yeah, those are programs. Yeah, so so most so the the behavior patterns or the habits that 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 aren't working for us. So a habit is like, okay, I feel uncomfortable in that networking group, so I won't go there. Yeah, or I feel uncomfortable in that networking group, so I will just stand there and wait for everyone else to include me. Yeah, it's a behavior pattern. It's a protection thing. Um, I'll wait for everyone else to talk to me. Um, because if I reach out and talk to them, they might reject me. So it's a it's a pattern that holds you back. Those sort of patterns are in our unconscious. We don't actually realize that we're doing it and why we're doing it. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of like the rider and the elephant theory that every decision we make is emotional and then we come up with a reason to justify it later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what is then the number one, or you can give me a couple, I'm greedy, personality trait or shall we say issue that people run into? You brought up the, you know, I guess fear of being included or fear of missing out. I, I'm not sure. But what would you say affects most of your clients or that you see very often? Okay. Um so I work a lot with business people, um, biz, uh, people in small business, entrepreneurs, professionals in working in large organisations. Um, and even, and, and, and with any person really, any pattern that's causing us to get in our own way is a result of a fear response. They all are. Mm-hmm. They're all a fear response. So some of those patterns that I see a lot is people pushing themselves hard, like pushing themselves really hard, working every second they have, not taking a break, is mm-hmm. a pattern that causes you to get in your own way, yeah? Um, procrastination is another pattern, yeah? Um, distracting ourselves with other things. Um, like checking the email 50 times a day or something? Yep. Jumping on Facebook before you know it, there's an hour gone. Um, what else? Um, saying yes when you really want to say no. That's probably a hard one for Ooh. a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Let's tackle that. <laughs> what would be a um, what would you prescribe for somebody who does that? Let's say. Ooh. Well, I would, first of all, find out why they're saying yes when they really want to say no. So we would go down the rabbit hole. Okay. That would probably take a while. Not always. (laughs) Depends on how (laughs) obstinate they are. (laughs) One question I had for you is, do you face a lot of, especially in the high-level people, um, imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people deal with that. Mm. how do you how do you handle that because it is pretty common especially with high Mm. achievers Mm. Mm. 
It's really um, the imposter syndrome, again, we do some similar, similar work in that sort of area. I also help people understand who they are at core because imposter syndrome is a lot of that is about identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and most especially people deal with that when they're moving from one space to another, you know, say from employee to business owner or from, um, um, uh, I don't know, manager to, CEO or, you know, those sort of big leaps in roles, quite often people feel it. Mm. And a lot of time it's the way people feel about themselves personally or not really understanding who they are at core, not really understanding their own identity or realising that what the, what they've done is just moved a role. It's got nothing to do with them as a person. Um, so there's a lot of different ways we work on that. We can we use we can use anchoring. Uh, we can do values elicitation, understanding who they are. Let's t- let's go over those. What is anchoring? Anchoring. <laughs> anchoring is so. This is a scientific term. So anchoring is um, an emotional response that is an internal emotional response that's triggered by an internal or an external stimulus so it is it's so giving you that in layman's terms so it's either something that we have seen something we hear or something we've touched or even something we've smelt or we've tasted that creates an emotional response and you will have known this like you know, in your day-to-day things, maybe there's a certain dish that your mum cooks and if you taste that dish anywhere else and it's made in exactly the same way, it reminds you of your mum. You might Mm. smell a perfume and it reminds you of a particular person and and that person um, maybe, you know, creates a a nice emotional response if you like that person or a not-so-nice response if you don't. Um, Mm. (laughs) you is see, that like the chocolate chip cookies in the house when you're going to sell it? Oh, yes, yes. Or putting vanilla in your oven. Yeah, putting vanilla essence in your oven. That's a trick. Mm. Okay. So now how would that be applied in therapy? I mean, how, how's the practice of that? How do you find an anchor or set an anchor? So we set an anchor. You, you'll see, um, you, you will have noticed athletes using anchors, you know. You see them do the fist. Or you hear the same kind of music played on the football field every single time. They're all anchors. And the, the, a certain emotional response, um, athletes are big for using NLP. Um, they, there's a certain emotional response that has been attached to that music or that fist movement. Um, so I help my clients do that. And, and that, that's a process that I um, help them move through as well. And that takes me okay. Mm. So you create, you help them create one for themselves mm. that I'm guessing maybe ties together other associations to help strengthen the initial yes, yes. So trigger we, response or? Yeah, it's all done through a process of association, disassociation. So we associate into experiences that they've had in the past where they've experienced that emotion and then we attach the anchor to that emotion and anyone that's probably watched a tony robbins video has probably seen tony robbins do it as well yeah it's um okay. it's a big nlp technique mm. what is the next technique you would work 
what else? Well, it's I want to get like the top five. (laughs) It's all it's all it's all different. So there's no I don't go, okay, this person's got this problem, we'll do all this. Yeah. It's because everyone's different. And they may then the the issue might be um um, we might find the solution to the issue with just one technique um, mm. or it may take more techniques. It, it just depends on how much work it's important for us to do for that particular person to be convinced of the new Sure, there's no 12 step for an LP? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we can't just do a five to 10 item checklist no. and be done? Check them off? No. <laughs> I can shop for a little anchoring and what are some other terms? Uh, exactly. No, there's lots of different things it could be. The person could be holding on to a lot of anger. You know, it might mean that we need to do a bit of emotional release work, um, um, some deep state work where we change, shift beliefs on a deeper level, um, some anchoring. We might need to, to, to um, create an internal congruence, you know, Quite often people talk about the good the good witch and the bad witch on their shoulders or the devil and the saint on their shoulders. You know, quite often those two are fighting against each other, so we might need to work with that to create congruence. Um, yes, there's lots of different things that we do to do that. Mm. Now, one question, and I don't know if there's like legal issues in the, in the U.S. and things. You are not considered a psychologist or performing psychology with this, or are you? No. No, I'm not a psychologist. No. So mm. what would you describe this then? It's not therapy. As... It's not psychotherapy. Uh, okay. It's it's not uh, counseling. It's not um, – I'm not a psychologist, and anyone that works with me sees that very much in black and white in any agreement that they sign. Yeah, it's okay. – um, yeah, it's um, it is practitioner. So I'm a, I'm an accredited certified practitioner. Okay, so it's it's closer to being like an athletic coach. Yeah, similar. That's parallel. Yeah, similar. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then I guess it from what you're describing, a bit of a sounding board. Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of people work with me simply to explore ideas, you know, because. It is the questions that are asked that help you explore an idea. And sometimes when we're exploring ideas, we think just on one level. Mm-hmm. When you work with um, a coach who's trained in NLP, we learn, we help the person th- explore ideas on different levels. So, so what that means is that the possibilities begin to expand. They start to become aware of a lot more when they're exploring the idea and start to see that, yeah, this might actually be possible and it might work. That's that's really cool. Now, how about you? Who's your business coach? How do you um, get your ideas straight? I work with... um, different coaches from time to time. So I worked with a coach last year um, and I am just about to sign up for a coach with a coach for this year. So uh, yes, I do work with a coach. I understand the importance of working with a coach. And I think that um, 
um, it's, I think it's really important for a coach to work with a coach mm. because, again, we can't see the wood for the trees. And even though we know this stuff and, and, and I do a lot of work on myself, I work with a journal, I, I write things down, that's what helps me explore things. Um, even though I do that, there's so much I don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm in programming and things like that. Have you found the deeper you get that the more you learn, the more you realize how little you yes. know? Absolutely. And even, you know, even when talking on a, a personal development level, even when you think you've got it and like, yeah, I've done all this work, I've been through all these challenges, I've done all this work and I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, the next challenge comes along and you realize that there's a hell of a lot more you don't know about. Well, now to wrap things up, one main question. At what point is somebody in a state to need a success coach? Um, Lots of different points. Um, Struggling to take your business to the level that you want it to be in. Um, wanting to um, change or create more connection in your relationship. Maybe your relationship isn't the way you want it to be. Maybe your health and wellness, um, you've been working on that and you're just not getting the results that you want. Um, Maybe your um, even your finances, uh, your career, um, just, you know, anywhere where you want to up-level and, it, it, and you've maybe given it a go yourself and you're just not getting the results that you want. Or maybe even if you haven't given it a go yourself yet but you just want to do it faster, you know, mm. given enough time, we all eventually get there. But if you want to choose a fast lane, then it happens much faster when you work with a coach because they can help you I, see what you don't see. Makes total mm. sense. And I asked because I didn't know sometimes – I feel like there's different places for people to meet up. Like day one, maybe you should do some self-exploration, determine what you're going to do before you recruit a bunch of help, Mm -hmm. like actually establish the business or establish something or or whatever. Uh, Would you agree with that? Or do you think now day one's a perfectly great time? Day one's a perfectly great time. Day one's a perfectly great time. I've had people work with me who have been in employment, wanted to set a business up, and they've done it that way. Um, I've had people come to me who've got 40 staff and done it that way. Um, So uh, it really depends. It's just about moving to different levels. When you move to a different level, it's important to expand your awareness. And that's not... That's interesting. Yeah. Have you helped people figure out exactly what it was they wanted to mm, do? I have, yeah. yeah. So literally from yeah. nothing. You know, oh, that's you know what though, Eric? The thing is they knew. Each one of them already knew, but they hadn't given the, themselves the luxury of that space to explore it. Or they were too afraid to actually say it. Okay, well, I said one more, but I lied. Um, <laughs> what excites you the most? 
What excites me the most is seeing the transformation. That excites me the most, seeing the transformation and then going out there and spreading the word, like um, inspiring other people. So, so many people that I have worked with have actually gone out and not not specifically become coaches. Some of them have. Um but, but not so, not just that, but they've actually, you know, some of them have become speakers or they've gone out into the community and started inspiring in the community um, in places where it's really needed. So that's the sort of thing that excites me, seeing them move from a place of stuck to a place of inspiration. It's just like seeing a beautiful, beautiful flower bloom. It's incredible. It is really an incredible feeling. Yeah. And do you feel their victories as yes, well? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That makes me think of um, being a pacer in races, whereas I can only finish a race one time, but if I can run with a group and help them all get across the line, I've just finished a race 12 times, 15 times, whatever it is, because I feel like every one of theirs, I get a little piece of yeah. the race. It's true, isn't it? It feels amazing. I. I feel the same. I've um, done speaking engagements where there's been a group of us where we have put an event on together and the feeling is incredible at the end of it or, you know, all the way through it, really high-fiving each other and, you know, lifting each other up and supporting each other and the feeling that um, that I get at the end of that knowing that we actually pulled it off together is it's an incredible feeling. Mm. So we're better off together than yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's perfect. Now, if somebody wants to join you and to find their path, they can find you at debjohnston.com.au. That's right. Is that yeah, correct? That's right. And it's Johnston with an E. <laughs> right. I wasn't sure. I wanted to say Johnstone, but I've listened to interviews and you always say Johnston. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it's accent or how that went. Um, anywhere else that people can find you? They can find me on Facebook, uh, Deb Johnston Transformational Pathways Australia. I have a page on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram um, and they can find me on LinkedIn and Google Plus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Twitter. Yes, Google yeah. Plus, not anymore. Google Plus is Oh, is dead. it? Well, what am I on? Google. They shut it down. Probably that they shut it down, um, or they're shutting it down. Oh, now. right. Oh, there you go. I don't watch the news. It... <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one thing. We don't watch the news when we work with NLP because it's a dampener. <laughs> Especially now. <laughs> well, Deb, thank you so much for coming on. This is a It's treat. been a real pleasure, Eric. Lots of fun. Great questions. <laughs> thank you. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please check out unstructuredpod.com. There you can find all the episodes, free subscription information, and most of the players, and even how to contact me. I would love to hear from you. You can even set up a 15-minute call with me about the show or anything you like. Again, it's at unstructuredpod.com, and I hope to hear from you. Now, in the spirit of sharing, here are other shows you may want to consider checking out. Thanks again. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin, the host of It's No Secret with Dr. T, which is a small business and marketing podcast. 
Each week, I interview business leaders who openly share the secrets to the massive success. It's No Secret with Dr. T will educate, entertain, and inspire you. Check it out. You'll find it wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can go to my website, TysonFranklin.com. I did not grow up with very much money. Money's energy. Money is something that, that really scares me. You had about 60 grand in debt. Money isn't the answer. Somebody should just give me a lot of money. My dream was to be the WWE wrestler, but you realize that your dreams change over the years. Money's a tool. It's a key to a gate. And at the other side of the gate is the things that you really want to do with your life. It's the things that matter most to you. It's pursuing those values that make you ultimately happy. Listen to Inspired Money at inspiredmoney.fm.